That being said, uh, today is an interesting day. Today, there's not a lot of, of days like this. This is uh, kind of new. It's only like the fourth year it's been celebrated. It's called the Word of God Sunday. It was promulgated by Pope Francis, I want to say like about four years ago. Uh, and it's kind of an interesting, um, it's not, it's an interesting feast because, you know, in a sense, every Sunday is the Word of God Sunday because we read from the Word of God every Sunday. But this one in particular, he wants us to kind of focus on the meaning of the Word of God, what it means to believe in the Word of God, what it means to kind of appreciate and kind of accept the Bible, which is, believe it or not, a not a very popular thing these days. I can remember growing up in public school, especially in high school, asking people, and this is before religion was really off the top of the conversation, having and talking about religion to people, and asking them, you know, what they, or they are Catholic or Protestant or whatever, and this is back, a lot more people were, were Christian back then, and, um, and people would say, oh, I'm not really Christian, I believe in science. I think science answers the questions that the Bible seeks to answer, and instead, ultimately, the Bible fails to, to measure up to these things. Science, things such as uh, the Big Bang Theory, things such as genetics, evolution, these things kind of answer the question that the Bible seeks to answer, but does it in a better job. That was something that I have often heard, kind of using these things, especially those, these kind of three big theories, the, the, the evolution to the genetic theory and kind of genetics as a whole, and the Big Bang Theory, to kind of emphasize and point out that the Word of God really isn't important these days. That the Word of God can take a back seat. That the Bible doesn't really matter quite as much. So what I want to do this Sunday is to, in order to kind of look at the Word of God, why don't we look at some science and see, is it compatible with the faith? The first one, let's take the Big Bang Theory, for instance. The Big Bang Theory was actually relatively a new theory. It was, it was invented and now really kind of came up in 1927 by a man named George Lemaitre. You know what his title was? Monsignor. He was a priest. He was a Belgian priest at a Louvain, a famous university. And whenever he came up with the theory of the Big Bang that we call it now, what it was was the theory of the expanding universe, recognizing using mathematics and astrophysics to realize the universe is expanding. Thus, at one point, it was actually a lot smaller, thus deriving the idea that the universe once had a beginning and has an end. Uh, he got a lot of flack. People actually looked at him and said that he's bringing theology into his, into his science, even though the mathematics completely backed up his theory. In fact, you know who one person couldn't stand and did not like the idea of the Big Bang Theory? One person who actually rejected it flat out? Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein did not believe in the Big Bang Theory, even though even he acknowledged that the mathematics did add up. He said himself that math does not always lead to positive conclusions. Way to go, Einstein. He was wrong. But that's the reality of science. Science doesn't always get it right the first time, and people sometimes are wrong, even some of the greatest American physicists of all time, like Albert Einstein. And so we kind of look at the Big Bang Theory, and this is kind of something that is actually, a, that is no problems, there's no conflicts with, with the Big Bang Theory versus kind of the, the theory of, of, of the faith, the theory, the theory of God and all of these things. Why not, why not have an origin of creation? What's wrong with that? What's the problem with that? Even the church, and actually not necessarily the church one would say, but even priests have come up with it and backed this, this theory up. And there's even a, you know, a rumor at one point that, 
that Pius the, uh, the, the 11th wanted to write this into Catholic dogma and, and Monsignor Lemaitre kind of shut it down because it's not a good idea to, to dogmatize science because science is so revisionary. We'll talk about that in a little bit. The second thing, the second one that, that people really like is genetics. Hey, I believe what I believe because I was made this way. I was genetically engineered this way and people didn't really understand genetics back then and so they didn't really understand kind of how, how things worked, how things operated, and thus genetics with DNA and RNA and all of these written codes kind of dictate me and who I am. And it doesn't really work with the faith. That's kind of something that I, that I got too, kind of this idea that, that genetics kind of predispose us to whether we're religious or not, whether we're this way or that way or not. Not really true. And in fact, genetics never really was a problem with the faith. Case in point, the man who kind of came up with genetics and kind of was known as known as the father of genetics is a man by the name of George Hans Mendel. What was his title? Yet again, Monsignor, another priest, father of genetics. He came up in the 1800s with the theory of genetics by testing pea plants. And in testing pea plants, he discovered that there are different types of genes, recessive genes and dominant genes. This understanding of this theory recognizing the difference between recessive genes and dominant genes and how different genes are passed on to different generations, thus affecting things like eye color, hair color, and whatnot, ultimately affect the way our genes are wired. Lo and behold, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it recognizing that God wrote a play and there's a script to the play, the script to our bodies. And what would you call that script? You call that DNA and RNA. There's nothing opposed to faith with that. But the big one people love to bring up is evolution. What about evolution? Well, yet again, this is a theory. Evolution is not something that is completely 100 scientifically proven. There's still a lot of debates about evolution. But Pope Pius XII, Pope Pius XI, John XXIII, Paul VI, Pope John Paul II, Benedict XVI, and Pope Francis have all on different occasions and different official documents of the church have stated time and time again that evolution is not incompatible with the faith. That the fact of the matter is, Genesis is not a scientific journal. Genesis is not a peer-reviewed scientific journal. And if it was, it would be, we'd all be in a whole lot of trouble because those things change a lot. Let's be honest, science is not a very safe, basically, jar to put your chips in. Science is constantly revising itself. It's constantly revisionary. I'll give you an example. Whenever I was growing up, there was an understanding that nuclear reactions caused a loss of mass. But that violates the law of Newton. Matter can neither be created nor destroyed. Lo and behold, later scientific evidence has gone on to show that in fact nuclear reactions do not destroy matter. That matter yet again can stay intact. One example of how science has changed over the past, you know, 20 years. Another example of how science has changed is archaeology. A lot of people thought that T-Rexes walked upright, you know, kind of with their chest out like a, like a proud king. Lo and behold, archaeology now believes that T-Rexes actually walk more horizontal with the, their big old tail balancing out their big old bodies. Yet again, a revision in science. And of course, there's always the famous one. The one that we all know and we all love, the one that we're all probably a little sad about. Poor Pluto. 
Y'all remember whenever Pluto was a planet? I do. I really enjoyed that. The fact that Pluto, that little tiny planet all the way in the back, you know, the little guy kind of cheering things on. Pluto. Poor Pluto. Scientists put Pluto, Pluto away from the planetary system and called it a little planetoid. I still feel sad for Pluto. But that's science for you. Science changes. But what doesn't change? The fact that God is a triune of persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The fact that He sent His only Son, His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for our sins. That hasn't changed. The fact that He established the Catholic Church, the rock of the faith, Peter. That hasn't changed. The fact that you and I are still called and still adopted as sons and daughters of God by our baptism. That hasn't changed. 2,000 years, that doesn't change. That is faith. And that's why faith is often seen as primary and more important than reason. But even, even Pius IX in the dogmatic constitution of the Catholic faith decreed in 1869, the first Vatican Council has specifically said that while faith is superior to reason, reason can in no way contradict faith. Reason can in no way contradict faith. So then leaves the question, what about the Word of God? What about all these passages that don't seem to make any sense? What about all these passages that don't seem to add up, these passages that, quote, contradict themselves? What are we to make of the Bible, the Word of God? And for that, I've got a story. Back whenever I was on the Ike, I was bored, as most sailors are whenever they are bored, on the, whenever they are on basically deployed and underway. And what I discovered was that I had this book that I'd packed. It's called The Starting Strength. It was a weightlifting book. And I read this book constantly, day in and day out, because yet again, there wasn't a lot else to do. And uh, I felt like I learned the major lifts pretty well. The bench press, the overhead press, the deadlift, and the squat. And I worked really hard reading this book and this exact method of doing starting strength with Mark, according to Mark Ripito. Well, as time went on, you know, kind of the gain started, started going down. I wasn't really pushing as much as I kind of wanted to do. Things really weren't working out. And so I decided, you know what, I will hire a starting strength coach and we'll do a little session and we'll go through kind of my lifts. Would you know that every single lift that I studied from the book was wrong? Every single one of them. Because I either emphasized one point a little bit too much, downplayed another point a little bit too much, and didn't really get it figured out until I had somebody from the outside tell me and explain, actually, you're doing this wrong. Actually, you're doing this wrong. Actually, that's not quite what it lines up here. My dear friends, it is no different with the Word of God. The Word of God is the book. It is perfect. It is written exactly how it's called to be written. It's written exactly how God intended it to be written. But that doesn't mean you and I always understand. That doesn't mean you and I can always comprehend. And that's why God gives us coaches. That's why God gives us the Catholic Church. That's why God gives us the priests. That's why God gives us people to ultimately instruct us the ways in which you and I can practice our faith in the same way God gives in the same way there are coaches that can instruct us on the way you and I can play, the game, play our, our sports and lift our weights so that we can do them well. Science doesn't disprove it, but there is a point where you and I might need to look inside, outside into other sources, such as priests, such as the catechism, to help us better understand the Word of God. So my friends, 
kind of knowing all of this and knowing that ultimately science is not here to contradict our faith. Science is a friend of ours that we can use science, but science is not the rock upon which we stand. My friends, we are here today, we are here this Sunday because we stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. The rock of Jesus Christ communicated through the word of God in the scriptures and guided by his holy Catholic Church. Amen.